You're listening to the Mosaic Podcast, brought to you by Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. Each episode of this podcast will offer you excerpts from the Mosaic TV news magazine, which airs Sunday from January to April in the Palm Beaches. Mosaic explores the most pressing issues facing the Jewish community here at home and around the world. And now, here's your host, Susan Shulman Pertnoy. Joining us today is an icon of the Jewish philanthropic world. He's also co-founder of Birthright Israel, and I'm privileged to call him my friend, Charles Bronfman. Hi, Susan. Hi. It is a thrill to have you back on Mosaic again. It's a thrill to have a person-to-person with you anytime, anywhere. (laughs) You're such a character. (laughs) First of all, what was it that inspired you to start such a program? Well, in our foundation, we tried to uh, increase the number of high school kids who were going to Israel. And despite the fact that we were partners with all the, quote, initials here, uh, it didn't work. And we spent a lot of money doing it. And then one time in Israel, Yossi Balin, who was then the deputy uh, uh, secretary, deputy treasury uh, chief, he said, well, how about giving uh, a voucher to every 17-year-old Jewish kid throughout the world on a trip to Israel? And I said, that's very nice, Yossi. Where are you going to find the money? Well, he told me, and I can't say where on this <laughs> program. Uh, I said, you and I both know that's not going to happen. And then I saw Michael Steinhardt, who Michael and I had become friends. Yossi had spoken to him, and he said, what do you think of this? I said, well, it's an audacious plan, but it's going to drive the Jewish world broke. That was the beginning of Michael and my negotiations. And we didn't bother with the Israel government or, you know, these minor little players, Israel government, uh, JFNA, the Jewish federations around the world, the Jewish organizations. We just spoke to each other. And a year later, we had everything figured out, and we got very, very lucky. We had done a lot of research in that year, and we were able to hire a man named Shimshon Shoshani, who was probably the best regarded and most highly regarded uh, civil servant in the country. He had actually even been the uh, manchal of the Jewish agency for a while. And uh, he came and he interviewed actually Michael and me in New York to see whether we were worthy of him. Right. And he's Israeli after all. <laughs> and uh, Shimshon was just wonderful. He became our CEO. And I remember in June of uh, 1999, at my office in Jerusalem, he looked at Michael and me and he said, Well, gentlemen, do we proceed? with uh, this effort. And so when do we have to make up our minds? He said, this afternoon. (laughs) And we both said, okay. And uh, as they say, the rest is history. The rest is history. Well, it's over 22 years Mm. later, and you've you've inspired so many young Jewish lives. I mean, did you ever imagine you would be so successful? Of course not. I mean, we had no idea what we were doing, frankly, but we thought we'd take a a run at this and see whether it had a chance to to succeed. We figured that we got 10,000 a year would be a great thing. 
and we tried for a few years, and if it worked, it worked. If it didn't, it didn't. I call it the quintessential entrepreneurial Jewish philanthropy. Well, that's an apt name for this. I mean, over 750,000 participants have been through your program. It's amazing. Including Israelis. And I think one of the most important things has been the merging of friendships between Israelis and diaspora young adults. It is so important. All the myths are exploded from both sides. And they find out that at the end of the day, they like the same music, they're interested in the same sports or concerts or what have you, and, uh, and they're friends. You know, that, that, that is so interesting. It's true. I had uh, children, three children, as a matter of fact, participate in Birthright, and they're still co um, corresponding with mm. their Israeli uh, friends yeah. that, were, that were on the trip. But, and all these myths have been dispelled. In light of that, right now we're seeing such an increase in misinformation and anti-Semitism on campuses and in the media. We're being, the kids are being, I should say young people are being bombarded. How is Birthright dealing with this? I just wish to heck that there were more birthrights because people come back transformed. People go over to Israel and our target market, don't forget, is the uninformed. Yes. This very secular, uh, we have uh, categories of people. We have the Orthodox, we have conservative, we have reform, and just Jewish. And the longer the program goes on, the more just Jewish they are. And they're our prime. They're our prime marketplace. And once they've been to Israel, they start to understand. And they're living in a very difficult, difficult, difficult society today. It used to be that you were Jewish and okay, and now it's become a racial society. You're either black or you're Asian or you're Greek. You're labeled. You're, you're labeled. You're labeled. And it's a very, and, and, and since the killing of George Floyd, it's everything exploded. And Jews are finding it very difficult uh, to appreciate Israel as it is and the myths that are perpetrated in the social media and even some of the uh, daily media uh, is, is just frightening. It's frightening because it's not true. Yes, there's some things I don't like about the Israel government. What the heck? There's some I don't like about the Florida government or the United States government. So you have a wonderful vice president of education who's the strategist, Zohar Raviv, and he has really adapted his program to combat all this. And we're going to have the opportunity to speak to him next. Well, he is wonderful. He's inventive. He's creative. He's done a great job and will continue to do so. Thank you. Joining us now is one of the most influential educators in the world. He's also Birthright Israel's Vice President of Educational Strategy. Zohar Raviv, welcome back to Mosaic. Thank you. Thank it's you very really much. It's really a pleasure to have you join us again. Yeah, it's been three years, something like it that. It has been. It yeah. has been. A Great very interesting here. three years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Challenging, I should say. Absolutely. Why is Birthright so successful? I'm going right to the meat and potatoes. Well, uh, birthright, you know, even before, uh, before COVID-19 struck us, uh, it became quite evident that Birthright Israel has 
evolved from a very, very successful program uh, to what we call today a strategic asset for the Jewish people. Not only in terms of its uh, scalability, uh, bringing uh, some 50,000 participants on an annual basis, uh, but also because Birthright made it its business to be extremely thoughtful, strategic, and uh, systematic about its approach to Jewish and Israel education. Uh, and uh, because Birthright Israel has a very significant learning curve uh, as it appreciates the fact that the Jewish world by and large, and the, especially the young Jewish world, is uh, very dramatically changing over the years. Uh, so uh, we all understand at Birthright that if we want to be uh, on top of the game, uh, we need to have a finger on the pulse of a very, very uh, dramatically changing Jewish uh, organ. Um, and I believe that we're doing it quite effectively. You are. You say that the birthright trip is an insightful trip, not a sightseeing trip. Do yes. you want to elaborate on that? Yes. Um, when uh, our approach to birthright, to birthright Israel, to the Israel experience that is offered on birthright Israel, is that birthright is not a sightseeing trip, but a, an insightseeing journey, which means that the the, the, the true landscape that Birthright Israel explores is the minds and hearts of the participants, where Masada, the Western Wall, uh, Yad Vashem, uh, Tel Aviv, Jerusalem are all at the backdrop of that journey. In other words, Israel is the laboratory uh, and a very effective and enchanting one for someone to examine and uh, revisit their own Jewish identity association with their heritage and also associations with their envisioned future as members of the Jewish people. Uh, so it's all about insights, not about sites. And what about unit unifying everyone? And can you talk about that? That's another uh, arch principle on, uh, on uh, Birthright Israel's pedagogy, where we come from a very, very simple premise. And that is that unity uh, among Jews has always been a value whereas uniformity between Jews has never been a value. I always, uh, by way of fun, I, I, I challenge people, whenever I talk to, uh, to people, I challenge them to find me one book in the Jewish bookshelf of 4,000 years, find me one book that was written by 10 rabbis who agreed with one another. In other words, that non-uniformity is the very fuel that ignites Jewish life. And we should not look at it as a threat to unity, but rather as a fuel to be able to celebrate the fact that we think so differently about things, but at the end of the day, we're still a family. Speaking of diversity, you have participants for, from over 68 different countries. True. Do you find a lot of differences between how these different youth view their Jewish identity and, and Israel? Absolutely. I mean, uh, uh, people come from, uh, we, we tell them that Israel is your homeland, irrespective of the land which is your home, right? But the land which is your home obviously plays a crucial element in your own makeup. What are the sensitivities that you come with? What are the sensibilities that you come with? Uh, so we find different participants from different parts of the world coming to us with certain aspirations regarding Israel that stem from their point of origin, certain fears, concerns that stem from their point of origin. I'll give you a concrete example. Um, uh, students from Argentina 
uh, have a heightened sensitivity to soldiers and the army because of their own history with the uh, Argentinian army years past. So we do a lot of work with them in preparation to tell them, look, what happened in Argentina is one thing. The Israeli army is a completely different <laughs> thing. And you should be aware of that before you even set foot in the country because we are, we are aware of that, that it is a sensitive issue for you. So we prepare them for that. And with each country, we do that, uh, that kind of work. It takes a lot of research and, uh, of course, a lot of preparation. You know, this is a very challenging time right now with the media and um, the social, social media and the impact of all the misinformation. So how are you adjusting your birthright education to deal with this? That's a $1 million uh, question. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, this is one of the things that Birthright Israel has dedicated a significant time and resources to in the last year and a half. Uh, because aside of Corona, which attacked us all, the uh, American sociocultural discourse has changed dramatically over the, the, the last two years, more notably after the murder of George Floyd and uh, uh, all the, the, the issues in its wake. And the nature of social discourse on campuses is proving to become uh, something that is very, very problematic. Not only, not only regarding Jewish issues or Israel, but in general, uh, there is a, a persistent climate of intolerance to voices of dissent. People are engaged in parallel monologues rather than in dialogue. Uh, each one is, uh, is, uh, is busy voicing their opinion and not at all interested in, in, in hearing someone else's opinion, definitely not if it uh, is in objection to one's uh, opinion. Now, our study of Jewish students in that climate has shown us something that is quite significant, and for that, Birthright Israel has been doing very effective work in, in, in corresponding with that. And, and that is uh, that the issue is not, quote, the issues, in other words, the Palestinians or the Arab Israelis or security uh, issues or uh, terror, whatever it may be, these are all important issues. But the true issue is the spiraling collapse in the ability to discuss those issues among people and do so without fear of repercussion, being canceled, uh, uh, being threatened. So they become anxious. They become anxious and they become anxious for a very simple yet profound thing. They become anxious for a breathing space to actually talk about things. It's not the issue themselves, but rather the ability to discuss them. And when we realize that, Birthright Israel has committed itself to, first of all, allow such brave and safe spaces on its trips, and more importantly, to train our tour educators and staff to facilitate uh, conversations on sensitive, volatile issues without the conversations being derailed or, 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 or being uh, uh, degenerated to a point of yelling and screaming and not listening to one another. We call it the ability to dialogue before you debate. And so quite powerful. honestly, we, can have, we could have not imagined any better reaction to what it is that we've been doing. Sohar, thank you very much. And by the way, we have a participant that's coming on next to speak about his experience this last summer as a leader on a bus. Oh, great. I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say. Yep. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Coming up. He led the first birthright trip last summer after the global pandemic. Yosh Miller tells us how birthright changed his life.
Mosaic is brought to you through the dedication of generous corporate sponsors who fuel the work of Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County. We thank American Commercial Realty, Appleby Utifriend Wealth Management, Raymond Motorcars, Bruce Gendelman Insurance Services, Commodore, Singer, Baseman, and Braun Attorneys, First Republic Bank, Rogers Design Group, and Shapiro Pertnoy Companies. Joining us now is one of the birthright participants who said his life was changed by his birthright experience in 2012. Yosh Miller, welcome to Mosaic. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. My pleasure. I'm so thrilled that you had the opportunity to join us today and tell us your story. What about your birthright trip was life-changing? Birthright exponentially expanded my world and also my worldview. For my world, I made incredible friends from different backgrounds across the country, some of whom I still get invited to their weddings 10 years later. And it also gave me really cool career opportunities that I got to pursue in Tel Aviv, where I'd later find myself working for a digital media tech company, and it really changed the trajectory of my career. For my worldview, those 10 days of birthright gave me the space to take, a, to take a beat. I got to ask questions in an open space, and I got to understand and have a greater appreciation for what it means to have Jewish heritage, and I'm really, really grateful for that. But I would say the most salient aspect to my time at Birthright was my ability to just cut through the noise and ask the right questions. And I take that skill and I apply it to all areas of my life, and I'm very grateful for that. That's very impressive. Thanks. As you know, the Jewish Federation of Palm Beach County is a very big supporter of Birthright, and there are thousands of other donors that contribute to the organization. If they were here now, what would you say to them? I would say thank you so much for the space and the opportunity not just for me, but for an entire generation of people where we get to explore a unique part of the world. And we also get to revive this conversation around Jewish identity and a world with rising anti-Semitism. So I would also say on a personal level, the, the experiences I got in my career, whether as a media executive for the largest independent studio in LA or now as a startup founder, I got because of initially my experience on Birthright. And their generosity has opened the doors for so many people, including me, and I'm a testament to that. So I would say thank you very, very much. Toda Well said. Thanks. Thank you. You know, one of the stated goals of Birthright is to help with Jewish identity. How did that help increase your Jewish identity? You know, I'm a very secular person. I'm a secular Jew. I'm not religious. So I'm going to answer this question with an anecdote. And when I was on Birthright, before Shabbat, I went into a store. And we got to that part of the transaction where you would typically hear in America, you know, thank you so much, have a good night. But this time, the clerk wished me Shabbat Shalom. And it made me feel seen and connected in such a deep way that's hard to put into words. And this is something over which I bonded with my other friends from Birthright and in Israel. Just the ability that we found a home away from home. And this is something that never quite existed in my mind until I experienced Israel firsthand. So we're very grateful for this home away from home that we inadvertently stumbled upon in a 10-day trip called Birthright. You did something very unique this past summer, which was right during uh, the end of the pandemic. You were one of, you volunteered to be a leader of a Birthright group in August. That's right. First of all, tell us why you did that. You know, 
I think there's a lot of confusion around what birthright is. What is a free trip to Israel? Is it propaganda? What's the ulterior motive? There's no such thing as a free lunch. So what is the catch? And I knew that I could share my personal experiences with a group of participants. In this case, they were 27 to 32 years old. So they were my peers. And I was going to be able to share them a bit about me and hear about what they were interested in. And I would be in a unique position to connect them to areas to further their areas of curiosity, whether they be professional or personal. And I could do that, especially coming from a non-religious, secular standpoint. Tell us about some of the participants on that group. The participants were amazing. Uh, we had 16 participants. The majority of the participants, 14 out of 16, did not grow up in a Jewish home, or I, I would say a non-religious home. They, meaning they had a parent or grandparent who had a Jewish background, but really didn't have an intimate knowledge of Judaism the way I did growing up in a conservative school and I went to Hebrew school. So they were just really incredible group of people and I got to explore, rediscover Israel through their lenses. And I know that there was some transformations that the participants had and it was really great to watch that unfold in real time. I'm, I'm sure there had to have been some uh, transition because first of all, right now there's such anti-Semitism and all sorts of misinformation in the media. What yep. type of comments and questions did they ask you? Can you, know, you remember? Yeah, quite candidly, I remember asking, why are you here? It's the middle of a global pandemic. Why are you on this free trip to Israel for 27 to 32 year olds who, not right out of college, why are you here? Candidly, um, a lot of them said they, after COVID lockdown, they wanted to get away on a free international safe trip. No one got COVID on our trip. One of the participants who stood out to me, she's a mom of two young boys. And I talked to her and asked her, what did she think about her trip and how has it changed, if anything? And she said, you know, she now talks with her boys about anti-Semitism, whereas before, she didn't really feel the need to do so. And on a broader note, I saw with the group, there was an evolving and growing capacity for critical thinking. In a world, like you said, in a world of TikToks and memes, it's quite easy to share infographics on the socials that don't have any sources to them. And what birthright forces us to do, it causes us to unpack, not just the dirty clothes from these really breathtaking vistas and hikes that we got to do, but really unpack these very intricate areas that merit greater thought and dialogue. And that was probably the best takeaway I got from leading this trip. Yosh, did any of your participants ever say that, um, or think that Israel was sort of an apartheid country, and then when once they were there on the program, they realized that media has re had really um, been misleading everyone? I would say so, and it came up in a really interesting way because one participant asked, or characterize Israel's position in the world, especially when it comes to Palestine, as David versus Goliath. And the group kind of realized that there is one Jewish state, there's 57 Islamic states, and this question around apartheid was met with a greater scrutiny of what it means to have a security system in place to protect the only Jewish home in the world. So it bred more questions, but it bred more insightful dialogue. So a lot of people felt more connected and complete on the ground, feeling more comfortable asking uncomfortable questions and knowing that this has to be an evolving dialogue. And as a facilitator of those discussions, it was really great to see that 
so many people can walk away with a meaningful idea of how do we protect and promote peace in a world where there's just so much misinformation, as you put it, is out there. So it was a really rewarding trip to be a part of. Not to mention the fact that now they go back to the states in their own lives and they're armed with correct information that they can tell their other friends and contemporaries. And if it's not correct information, they know the resources they have to seek the correct information. We've met activists on all sides of the political table in Israel. We met with experts and we met with members of different parties from my experiences in Israel. So it really is a 360 view of the very multifaceted situation. It's a very complex geopolitical situation. But Birthright is not designed to be an end-all be-all trip. It's designed to be just the tip of the iceberg. And as a leader on this trip, I knew that I would be able to share my personal experiences, professional and personal, with these participants who were just seeing Israel for the first time. And I could connect them to different resources in the country and out so they can seek out that information and understand, okay, it's not just an Instagram infographic that I read on someone's story from some celebrity, but there's real meat and meeting to so many different aspects of what it means to have a Jewish state in the Middle East. This is why Birthright is so successful and has been in existence for over 20 years. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mosaic Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe to Mosaic on your favorite streaming platform and to leave us a review. Want more? Visit jewishpb.org mosaic where you can access full episodes of the show. To stay connected with the Jewish community of the Palm Beaches, visit jewishpb.org or follow Jewish Federation at facebook.com slash jewishpalmbeach.